Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You feel good? We'll be good. Okay, go ahead and start it up. Okay, so this session, as we get all that braking and uh, downshifting done, before we enter the corners, we're going back to the power at the apex, and as we exit, you'll start squeezing the throttle gently, smoothly. At the same time, you're unwinding the wheel. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. This is Randy Lanier. Tracking out, tracking out, tracking out, throttle, throttle. A former race car driver. Shift up at 5,000, 5,500. And today, an instructor at the Performance Driving Group Racing School in South Florida. He loves everything to do with cars and driving and teaching. So, yes, this is his home away from home. Use all the track, get closer to the wall, reference point. I'm Amy Driscoll. I'm an editor at the Miami Herald. I'm Alex Harris. I'm a reporter at the Herald. And that's Henry Gilbert, owner of the racing school. If you're a good driver and you're able to pass that on to a student, it's very gratifying to see a student come from not knowing anything till the end of the day where they actually have become a better driver. We want to be on the throttle right here, but let the car unwind, let the car untrack. Randy's hair is gray now, and his walk is sometimes a little stiff. For the last few years, he spent his weekends here at Homestead Miami Speedway, a world-class track 45 minutes south of Miami's neon skyline. Three, two, break, turn in. Sitting in the passenger seat is the latest bend in the road for a 64-year-old who lived a life of high speed and higher risk. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Slow, break, 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 bro. You got to break before you get to the corner. 
Do people ever specifically ask to be taught by him? Only the people that come back, because most people don't know him. We saw Randy Lanier, the highest placed rookie at the moment. would be quite a feather in Randy Lanier's cap. He is named Rookie of the Year. Coveted honor here. Unfortunately for him, this happened 30 years ago, so his name really doesn't mean much unless you were in that era and you know all the history behind it. And there in car number 12 is Randy Lanier. He will start this race in the center of the second row. He seems like he really, really enjoys being here. I think it's an understatement to say that Randy enjoys everything now that he's not behind bars. Beautiful day. Great day to be at a racetrack. Because Randy Lanier might also be one of the biggest pot kingpins in American history. Here in Miami, where drug money built everything from banks to condos, we spent the past year exploring Florida's long and complicated history with marijuana. How did we go from Miami Vice to a place where you can legally buy pot at a drive-thru? We interviewed dozens of people, some who've never spoken publicly before. We did what we did. It was against the law. Do I agree with the law? Absolutely not. But we did. Examined stacks of records and dug through archives going back 40 years to tell the story of a cultural shift and how one man's double life reflected an era. This was the candy store. I mean, you want to see dope, Mr. Vice President? You want to see guns? We got plenty of them for you. <laughs> the story starts with a South Florida racing team bursting onto the scene in 1984, led by a guy with a lot to prove and money to burn. A record breaker who would soon go toe-to-toe with stars like Mario and Michael Andretti, Al Unser Jr. and A.J. Foyt. Who is the Blue Thunder Racing Team? Everyone's now wondering who can stop the Blue Thunder Racing Team. As much as Porsche wanted to spend, I could spend. It didn't matter. I had plenty of sponsorship coming right from Columbia. <laughs> All right. At that time, pot was flowing from South America into the United States by the ton. And Randy was responsible for a whole lot of it. He courted the spotlight on the track, while his other identity depended on him staying out of it. He kept a split second ahead of the competition and one step ahead of the feds. You get to a point where you feel you're invincible. You've been so lucky for so long, you feel you can do anything you want and get away with it. But ultimately, his luck ran out, and Randy spent decades of his life in prison. I said, how deep do you want to bury this man? I said, we'll need a plumber to pipe him sunlight. Today, Florida joins a growing number of states debating marijuana laws and asking important questions about punishment for a plant that is increasingly legal. If I can go to a store and buy it, I don't see why anybody should have to lose their freedom because of it. The Miami Herald and McClatchy Studios present a tale of speed. Randy Lanier against the wall, really? Weed. I was the architect of our state's marijuana laws, and those laws need to change. And the road ahead. Our generation's going to be on the right side of history on this issue. If punishment was due, he got it. So let's go on. Because I can tell you, everybody changes. Everything changes. This is Smoked, part one. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. How the West was won, yeah. Through several races all across the country is how they won that championship. At some point through the years, my mom was cleaning out closets instead of getting rid of this junk, and I said, I'll take it. So <laughs> so that's how I went up, like, with this gem. It's an April afternoon here outside Denver, and Randy Lanier's daughter, Brandy, is showing us around her house. The IndyCar T-shirt, red, white, and blue with the stars. We're looking at a pile of jackets and shirts. A 1980s-style red leather almost looks like Michael Jackson from the Bad video with my dad's name embroidered on it. Very leather and 80s and red (laughs) with lots of zipper pockets. She has reminders of her dad's racing career throughout her home, including some particular items in her closet. 1984, Camel GT champion, from the Blue Thunder team, the cartoon camel, which I think is pretty neat and pretty retro. So it seems like you're like the unofficial historian for your dad. (laughs) Probably, I'm just the only one that didn't want to get rid of it all. For years, Brandy has been the keeper of her father's past, which in many ways began in the late 70s with the purchase of a beat up 1957 Porsche for about $7,000. And the rest is family lore. He got it used and it was a clunker and his best friend at the time was his mechanic, and they rewired it with some lamp wires from the house and took it up to West Palm Beach, I believe, and wound up uh, winning their first race with it. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. I think he'll probably tell you he got bit by the bug, got bit by the racing bug. Randy told us at the Speedway that, like a lot of family stories, that's not quite right. When I first bought it, it was wired with lamp wire. We had to rewire the car with proper wiring. So that's what she was talking about. Yeah. From the motor to the proper brakes, the wiring, we stripped the car and built it from the ground up. But as with everything else about Randy's outsized life, the reality is almost as remarkable as the legend. Won my very first race I ever entered, and that got me the racing bug. For Randy, something about racing always just stuck with him. 
Today, the moment of truth is at hand. Maybe it was the speed. Gentlemen, start your engine! Or the thundering sound of the engines coming through on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network. In the 70s, growing up, I kind of used to listen to the Indianapolis 500 on the radio. Right now, we think we are viewing the most exciting part of any sporting event in the whole world, the start of the Indianapolis 500. Or just the sheer excitement of winning. Roaring by, number six, Bobby Unser in first place. One car into the pits, car number 57 is Randy Lanier, 540. By 1979, Randy had overhauled that open cockpit speedster given it a new red, yellow, and orange paint job, and cut his racing teeth in the SCCA circuit, the Sports Car Club of America. Started racing out here in the southeastern United States, which is Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, and Florida. By 1981, his Porsche became a common sight in the winner's circle. And that progressed after winning the Southeastern Championship in amateur racing for e-production. It was an impressive start for a total newcomer to the sport and his name got around. In the early 80s, 81, 82, you know, he was just considered a really, really good young driver, somebody who kind of came out of nowhere, but, you know, he got in the car, and wherever he got the money from, he was just fast. This is Mike Harris, who spent 40 years covering auto racing for the Associated Press. Didn't know him too well myself, but, you know, I interviewed him a number of times. At any rate, uh, yeah, he he was kind of there suddenly, and uh, when he got there, he got there big time. Randy's big break came when he drove with the Ferrari team at the 24 Hours of Daytona in 1982. He rode that momentum all the way across the ocean to a whole new class of racing and to some, well, off-track opportunities. I started racing, did the Le Mans, 24 Hours Le Mans, uh, with the Ferrari team in 1982. But I started traveling in Europe in the 70s. First as pleasure, then it became business later on, a lot of it. An estimated 300,000 spectators lining the 8.475 mile circuit to see what should be a very exciting Le Mans 24 hour race in its 50th anniversary. In the summer of 82, Randy arrived in Le Mans, France with a South Florida power broker and racer named Preston Hen. A photo from that trip captures Randy with a bushy mustache lounging by the side of the famous track with Hen in his trademark cowboy hat. The 1982 Le Mans 24-hour race is now underway. The car was a bright red Ferrari BB512. Drivers took turns behind the wheel. Randy split time in that race with Hen and another driver, but they ran out of fuel and didn't finish. Still, the unimpressive result wasn't the most memorable part of that race. Instead, Le Mans offered Randy his first real glimpse of life as a star race car driver. He took one look around and knew he'd found his calling. Randy was developing an appetite for success. And that's how he drove, too. Always hungry for the next big win. He took the next logical step. He jumped from the SCCA to IMSA, the International Motorsports Association. It's a different kind of racing than you'd see in, say, the Indy 500, which Randy would attempt later in his career. IMSA is sports cars. Here's Harris again. Yeah, the Indy cars are considerably faster and they are open cockpit cars and open wheel cars, whereas sports cars, many of them are covered. In general, they're a little bit slower than the Indy cars, and they're definitely not as nimble. And IMSA came with a different attitude. IMSA blossomed in the 80s into what turned out to be the most competitive, exciting road racing America had ever known. 
and may still be that today had it stayed on the same course. Jim Busby is a former IMSA driver who raced against Randy. Back in row number 11 is Jim Busby, who back in 1981 set the race record, which still stands along He described the rough-and-tumble atmosphere of an IMSA race. IMSA also had a policy that allowed you to race until you look too fast, if that makes any sense. (laughs) They sort of looked the other way at the regulations as long as the racing was good. They sort of allowed us to catch up with each other by modifying our cars, and when it appeared that we were all competitive together, they kind of looked the other way. And most of the time in IMSA, Randy was behind the wheel of a sleek, British-built March race car. Superstation WTVS and Motor Week Illustrated present live coverage of the 24 Hours of Daytona. And at Daytona in 1983, no one was talking about Randy's money, yet. But they were talking about his talent. But the big surprise, too, is the march. Randy Lanier has put that march up into second position. Randy spent much of 1983 driving for an IMSA team owned by fellow racer Marty Hines. But the next year changed everything. Randy's racing career began with that Porsche Speedster. But Blue Thunder was all about the March race car. And it was his Blue Thunder racing team, where mammoth ambition met massive wealth, that would eventually propel Randy Lanier's name into headlines and history books. And one race kicked it all off. 1984 race was the race that finally proved to the world that the Miami Grand Prix was here to stay. That February, racing tycoon Ralph Sanchez held an IMSA road event that sent race cars roaring through the streets of downtown Miami. Randy bought a whole block of seats right on the course so his friends and family could watch him drive. Here's Sanchez. It was a huge success. We had great weather, and it was the first year that we had the spirit of Miami. That spirit of Miami was a car a wide-bodied March 83G that Randy had his eye on as the foundation for his team. The car had a distinctive gaping hole between the two front fenders. From the front, it looked like a cross between the Batmobile and a lobster claw. 1984, sunshine and crowds of race fans. Nearly 70,000 fans filled the grandstands near Biscayne Boulevard for the Miami Grand Prix. It appears one of those great moments in motorsports is developing. But what the crowd didn't see that day was Randy. The car he drove for Marty Hines blew its transmission in warm-ups and never even made it to the starting line. Marty was cheap. He got as much as he could for as little as possible. <laughs> He'd actually go and borrow tires from other teams. <laughs> Keith Layton was a mechanic for that team, and he remembers that for Randy, sitting out the race sparked an idea for a team of his own. And when did, when did you and Randy first start talking about Blue Thunder? Was it in... Uh, at that Miami Grand Prix in 84, or was it earlier? Like, um, probably the Miami Grand Prix, because, you know, we'd obviously met and talked, but never talked about having a team. And the frustration of Marty borrowing tires, um, the gearbox was <laughs> whatever he could find put in it, <laughs> no, no set of gear. Oh. So we needed to do something properly. So, you wanted to win. Yeah, well, you could see the potential if you did it properly. They saw the potential in one particular car, that spirit of Miami, driven by famous racer Emerson Fittipaldi in the 84 Grand Prix. And with that car as the cornerstone, Randy took his racing career into his own hands. He reached into his mysteriously flush wallet and bankrolled the brand new team. So basically there's a car available. I think we've got a car, an engine, and some spares. (laughs) 
And there we were. That was Blue Thunder Racing. He partnered with Whittington brothers, Bill, Don, and Dale, from South Florida, who had reputations as hard-charging drivers with their own shadowy income source. The three Whittington brothers suddenly showed up and were going real fast before Randy got there. Mike Harris again. Everybody just you know, figured it had a lot to do with the cars, with the March chassis, but those guys were fearless and Randy was fearless. Then Randy hired Layton to do a lot. Well, I played everything. I was the team manager, I was the engineer, welder, chief mechanic, truck driver at times because we didn't have a truck driver. So I can drive a truck. <laughs> they painted the car white, black, and blue. They added a giant number 57, a nod to Randy's first Porsche race car, on the air intake in the doors. The number was trimmed in gold. The real stuff. So I had a sign writer that was close to the race shop we were working from. He was old school. He said, the only thing to use is gold leaf. Well, if you say so. So the next thing you know, he's got these packets of gold. He said, the only one is 24 carats, the only one that's soft and pliable. So we made our race decals with gold leaf, real gold leaf. And then we get the new transporter and we wanted to have Blue Thunder racing on each side of the transporter. So I, I think it was 12 feet or something of Blue Thunder on each side. <laughs> and it'll probably be 80,000 each side in gold alone on the trailer. <laughs> and in a strange case of art imitating life, that Blue Thunder race car would end up in the middle of the action again, two years later. This time on Miami Vice. It was a very Miami cameo on a TV show that fictionalized the battle between cops and drug smugglers. The episode aired in February of 86, about nine months before the high-wire act of Randy's life would come crashing down like something out of the show itself. But before Miami Vice, Randy was still using that car to make his name in racing. One month after that non-starter in Miami, Randy's new team rolled into Sebring International Raceway in Florida for the 12 hours of Sebring. It was their first race, and they finished second. You've heard the expression of a little bulldog or something grabbing hold of your trouser leg and won't let go? Well, that's the definition of Randy. <laughs> and some of the racing was like that because he would be racing with Derek Bell, Al Holbert, who were a lot more qualified, experienced and he would still stay in there. He would still keep fighting, keep fighting. You know, instead of letting them go, he'd keep going after them. And they'd inevitably make a mistake because they, where's this guy? <laughs> that became fun to watch as well. Next up was Road Atlanta. Randy missed that race for reasons that become important later in this story. And those reasons would actually make him more famous in the end, or more infamous. But in his absence, Don Whittington drove Blue Thunder to the team's first win. Three weeks later, Blue Thunder arrived at Riverside International Raceway outside L.A. with two cars, another march. And a guy who is maturing today as a driver is Randy Lanier. He has moved that normally aspirated Chevrolet march into the third spot. Randy shared driving duties with Bill Whittington, and the Nashville network broadcast the action. Bill Whittington, his co-driver on the wall, has got to be very pleased with this young man's progress. I mean, he owns the car. He can drive it if he wants to. And in a thrilling finish, Blue Thunder won again. Oh, here they come. Bill Whittington, Randy Lanier. Couldn't have made it any closer than that. <laughs> Randy, let me get you first. 
kind of tense at the end, huh? Oh, so touch. <laughs> it was like waiting for a baby. <laughs> Most didn't... exciting race for a six-hour race I've ever seen. Because Riverside was a race we should never have won. It's a hot streak. Oh, yeah. On the track and off it, the Blue Thunder team was living a high-octane life. So we're terrorists with the rental cars as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think a race car driver with a rental car is a good combo. <laughs> well, we, oh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of bricking a car. No, you put a brick on the throttle pedal oh. to hold it wide open. So... <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we went around and we had bets. We all the t- different team members how long this engine would run just flat out. So we had, you know, four minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes. So we just left it running flat out. And it, for 42 minutes, it ran for before it. No, it, it blew up. And then it set everything on fire because we had it on the grass. So it, next thing you know, we got the whole hillside on fire. <laughs> the victories they were stacking up made the team feel unstoppable. You know, winning is a catalyst that feeds on everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a truck driver, the gopher in the team, everybody gets a new high. And so if you can keep that going from race to race to race, you know, you're walking into the paddock, for instance, yeah, we're going to kick their ass this weekend. (laughs) I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If you had to pick one race that defines Blue Thunder's meteoric rise and just how far black market money could take them, it would be Watkins Glen in New York in 84. By then, Randy's only real competition for the championship came from Derek Bell of the Porsche factory team. A lot of guys in sports car racing at that time 
There's endurance racing, or we've got to make it to the finish. So we're going to go at this pace. Here's Leighton again. So they set their pace pretty conservative. We weren't. We were 10 tenths every lap. We had to go that speed to beat Porsche. I mean, the factory Porsche car was a lot better car than what we had, really. I mean, we had just nothing. I mean, when you look at Porsche Germany, it had maybe 20, 30 engineers there at race meetings, the whole flock of Germans. We had just a small bunch of guys and a marked Chevy. <laughs> it was the David Gungan Goliath, which doesn't happen nowadays. Randy pushed the pace at Watkins Glen, and two-thirds of the way through the race, the suspension broke on Bell's car. Randy and Dale Whittington cruised to the checkered flag, and there at the podium, days after Randy's 30th birthday, the Blue Thunder team was chugging champagne from a magnum and toasting their season title. At the time, we didn't really think about it because it was so busy doing it. You know, a lot of people spend a year getting their act together, and when we get this, we'll do this, when we do this, we'll do this. There was none of that. We didn't dream it, we did it. In hindsight, it might be obvious, but nothing about Blue Thunder's success came cheap. From the cars, to the crew, to the maintenance and travel, operating a race team is staggeringly expensive. That's why race cars usually have sponsors' logos from end to end, helping offset the costs. I think at one point we would have a budget of about five or six million bucks a year, and we would finance that through a tire company and some guy's cigarettes and on and on and on. This is Jim Busby again, the IMSA racer who competed against Blue Thunder. We were a company that did it legitimately from start to finish. The racing became a runaway of the big-budget teams. Yet there was Randy winning the 84-season title. And as remarkable as that was, racing writer Mike Harris says another thing stood out. Blue Thunder's cars were conspicuously bare, except for those 24-karat gold decals and the logo of a Miami powerboat company called Apache. IMSA is a rich person sport. Sports car drivers are generally gentlemen racers, you know, with lots of cash on hand and... Uh, People like the Whittington brothers and Randy were suddenly there and suddenly going very fast and getting a lot of notoriety. And, uh, you know, there was some talk about where their money came from, but nothing that you could pin down and, and write a story about and say, this is happening. And the Apache sticker? It signified a different kind of partnership. So who were your sponsors? The Apache Powerboats, Ben Kramer. Ben obviously was part of the big program I never saw any money come from Apache Powerboats. I mean, it had Apache, nice, I had all those done in gold leaf as well, which Ben paid me for, because he wanted them on his boat as well. <laughs> but mostly it was Apache though. Yeah, Anyone Apache was the main, but that was basically a, a part of the imagination. <laughs> nobody talked about it. Uh, nobody ever asked, but you know, who knows what they thought. Yeah. I mean, if you've got to worry about what people are thinking, you're not getting on with your job. When someone asked Randy how we financed the team, he had an answer. The cover job was, um, well, I started some jet ski rentals in the 70s. And at one time I had about three of those places. Then they were doing fairly decent, but not on the scale of what I was doing. So some of it was from um, jet ski rentals, boat rentals, stuff like that. I'm sure the racing community had plenty of suspicions, absolutely. 
And when Randy's cars pulled into the pits, there was an unavoidable conclusion. Blue Thunder had tons of funding coming from someplace, and they weren't talking about where. I had some sponsors as time started going by. My viewpoint at the time was it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to drive. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't need them. <laughs> I, look, I had plenty of sponsorship coming right from Columbia. <laughs> all right. I'm Amy Driscoll. I'm Alex Harris. This podcast is produced by Kara Tabor and Davin Coburn at McClatchy Studios, and the Herald's Emily Michaud and Matthias Ochner. And thanks to Christine DiMattei at WLRN Studios. For lots more on this story, including a video of Randy Lanier talking about his racing career, go to miamiherald.com smoked. To continue supporting this kind of work, consider a digital subscription to the Miami Herald. Visit miamiherald.com slash subscribe for more information. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And on part two of Smoked, go inside the secret multi-million dollar operation that the feds called The Company. I started smoking pot when I was 14 years old. I thought I was a holdout for a while back in them days. All of his friends were hippie looking. I dressed in a suit and tie. So there came a time when he needed to rent a house, stash house. And of course, what better than a guy in a suit and tie to go do that? America's public enemy number one is drug abuse. A lot of the bills were paid with cash. I would be given ten, twenty thousand dollars to go and pay everybody. The size loads we were getting, we would take the whole mountainsides, yes. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.